Ever want to work in the sports field? Have you ever heard of media relations or how about digital strategies? Well, serving up at the Breakfast Buffet podcast, we have Miles Rudnick. Learn about his story and his journey here on the Breakfast Buffet. I hope you guys will enjoy. And here we are. We have my good, uh, good friend and uh, the master of uh, sports media, at least at NYU. You know, he's on to bigger and better things now. Good old Miles Rudnick. How you doing? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Ray. Thanks for having me, bud. Oh, summer Miles in full effect right now. <laughs> yeah, a little different as I've, uh, I've grown up a little bit and uh, dealing with this pandemic nonsense. But uh, you know, it's always good. Uh, time during the summer to relax and uh, catch up on uh, some things after a, a long, wild academic year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you're, you're at uh, New Jersey, right? NJ, was it NJIT, right? NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology in Newark. Yep. Yeah. So you made the move from the good, uh, big old Apple to uh, back to the homeland. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost been a year now. It's around this time last summer. I was by no means looking to leave NYU. I, I loved my time there. And, you know, New York City's a great place, but it was a good opportunity to take a, a step in my career. And, you know, looking back a year later, I haven't regretted it once. Yeah, yeah, making those big moves. So uh, you went to TCNJ, right? Uh, I know you're good friends with my buddies at Thrive. Um, what did you study at TCNJ? I was actually a, a business major at TCNJ. I have, have two business degrees, and now I'm, I'm doing some communication stuff. So it goes to show, you know, go to college, get your degree, and then kind of see, you know, what you like. Uh, I, this is – I got in this field because of an internship. I was lucky to get an internship. I kind of got thrown in the media relations communications department with the New Jersey Devils, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of stuff I, I learned in uh, business class and other classes at, at TCNJ, but, um, you know, I'm happy the career path I've cho- chosen in this kind of communications uh, path. That's awesome. Yeah, taking a risk of something that, you you know, you weren't familiar with. How did you get into, like, just getting an opportunity to work with the New Jersey Devils? So I was, I was fortunate um, through a couple connections, family, friends, and whatnot, that, uh, I was able to land a summer internship before my final year of college, and uh, I actually, it's ironic, I got thrown right into the fire mid, mid-May, um, school year ends, um, the Devils were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Rangers, so this is 2013, I believe, 2012, sorry, and uh, my first day of work was, was the Eastern Conference Finals game, oh, and wow. sure enough, it's like, wow, this is amazing, the Devils went on to beat the Rangers, play for the Stanley Cup where they lost to the Kings. And uh, the rest is history. I stayed with the Devils for a full year after that as an intern during my final year at TCNJ. And um, it, it got me into to this career, which is a, a blessing. That's awesome. So what did they have you do? What was like your main uh, like day-to-day? So it, it's funny. I, I tell people our day-to-day is, is unpredictable, I guess, is, is the yeah. best way to put it. You, you don't know what – when you step in the door every morning, you don't know what your day is going to look like. So it is important that you plan and you get ahead of things. Um, but, you know, 
you know how sports work. At any given moment, you could find out some news, something changes, and especially where we're at right now, everything's changing every day. Yeah. So uh, it's important to be on top of things. But when I when I was with the Devils, I, those first two weeks were, were during the games. Um, I would hang up on uh, press row with all the, the press and, and help them get them stats and run them stats. Um, be there before the game and help with the post-game interviews as well. And then once the uh, season wound down and it was the off-season, helped work on the media guide for the next year and uh, help get things ready for next year. It's it's funny, a lot of people when you know you work in especially college athletics now, they say, oh, your, your summer must be a breeze. No, summer is a lot of catching up from from last year because you know you're you're moving at a, at a quick speed all year you, you let some things get past you and then it's important to get ready for next year so mm-hmm. uh um like i said getting ahead on things so that when you know you have to stop on the the drop of a dime at any given point it's yeah. fine because uh you you put in the work to to plan and prepare especially nowadays sports is all statistics based right you got the you know the stats based in this um what do they use? Statistic uh, methods and stuff yeah, to determine who they pick and everything. So it's super important now to just be updated, right? Analytics is, is Analytics, huge in sports yep. now. And, and, and some of our coaches, you know, ask me anytime, you know, if I have access to numbers or and sometimes I can't help, sometimes I can't help. But, uh, yeah, sports are, are going down that path where, you know, numbers don't lie. Uh, yeah. The, the data is there. Um it's it's not as black and white as, as wrestling where you know you're out there and any given uh, day yeah exactly <laughs> um and uh yes yeah, so after the devils actually was was that when they just made it to the prudential center or were they still playing at uh in the meadowlands they were at prudential center probably four years by then i think they went yeah. to the pru 2008 so this was uh-huh. 2012 so it's yeah. funny how time flies it's been 12 crazy. years they've been in newark um, and I remember like yesterday going to games in East Rutherford at the Meadowlands, but yeah, so they've, they've been over there over a decade now, but, yeah. uh, to, to answer your question, when I graduated TCNJ, I realized I wanted to do this and I've always loved college sports. Um, and at the time I kind of ha- had some time on my hands. I wanted to get into college athletics, didn't know how, spoke to a lot of people, reached out to a lot of people. And someone gave me great advice, and they're like, you know, it's tough to break in without having experience. Because I mean, if you think about how college works, we have so many student workers. A lot of people uh, work study, um, just getting experience, et cetera. And, uh, you know, those are the people that get the entry-level jobs. So here I was looking for entry-level. I had no experience. And so someone gave me great advice, and they said, listen, you're going to want your master's one day soon, whether it's five years, ten years. Why don't you go back, get your master's right now, and – you know, when you show up, show up in the athletic department and be like, I want to work here. How, how could I help? Whatever. And uh, I started the, the graduate sports business program at uh, NYU almost immediately after I graduated TCNJ and showed up in, uh, in the athletic department at the old Cole Center. And <laughs> I said, how go. could I help? I, I want to work. And uh, a year and a half of just great experience at NYU. And I believe that was your freshman year. Yeah. Yep. When I was like a, a grad assistant and uh, working as a as a student worker in the to the in, in the department down there. Yeah, NYU athletics department. It was great. Uh, the AD was blood so right. Yeah, he's uh, he's retiring actually. I think next month now. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he put in over twenty years there. I worked directly for for Jeff Bernstein, who's the assistant AD for for sports information and 
learned a ton. And, uh, you know, it goes back to, yeah, I have a business degree, but, you know, you really learn a lot when when you're in the office. That's that's how you learn things. And, you know, this this industry is changing, you know, so fast that uh, you kind of just learn by accident a lot. Yeah, especially, you know, get the experience in the city at NYU. Um, what what teams were you working with? I know you're working with us and uh, probably work with multiple different sports, right? Yeah, I, I worked with, you know, at, on some level, everybody. Um, you know, there, it was kind of like, how, how could I help? I want to get my hands involved in everything. And again, that's, that's just a great way to learn about all the different sports and, uh, um, the department as a whole, I guess, um, kind of, you know, I have, I have two hands. How could I help, you know, wherever. And at NYU, you know, we didn't have fields, so we were all over the city and then it got to the point where we didn't even have a gym. So, you know, there were only so many of us. So it was kind of, you know, who could be where at what time. But I, I guess I worked closest with uh, wrestling, um, and and part of the reason is because I I went to Europe with you guys, and that was just an unbelievable experience. <laughs> that was like, we true. could get to we could get to that a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> baseball, I worked a lot with. Cause I felt like the whole spring I was down at MCU yeah, Park. Yeah, because that was the first that was the first year they had baseball. It was my freshman year. They brought it back. They brought baseball and softball back, which was exciting. You know, the only downside was you had to make that trip to the the Brooklyn, right? To where where did they play? Coney Island, right? Yeah, that was a that was a wild experience going down there a lot. But it it was nice to to be there in year one. Uh, we were all kind of learning, and uh, I was kind of um, given a lot of responsibilities with with during the spring season. I went down to Florida with them actually, um, and then you know I felt like I lived on Coney Island for for a whole spring. Um, but again, a great experience, and, and that's how you learn is, is on the job. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed being around those teams, and uh, it helped get me to, to where I am now. Yeah, and the, I guess the benefit of working with uh, sports teams is the amount of travel that you do, right? We, especially NYU, we were fortunate enough to go to a lot of cool places, Chicago, Florida, even, even Europe and Germany. Uh, what was your favorite place to go to? Well, there, there's no doubt. I was on. I got to go on two Europe trips with uh, with NYU, and you know that's something I'll I'll never take for granted. They were t- two of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I went with you guys. We did uh, Germany, uh, Prague, and the Czech Republic, and Austria. And then uh, two years later, I went with the men's soccer team to Spain, which was just another fantastic experience. But yeah, I think one of the cool things about NYU is, in addition to being in New York City you get to travel much more than any division three program um, in, in playing in the UAA, you know, there's, you go to Chicago, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Rochester, Boston, some, some great places. And you, you see the country a little bit, which is uh which is an awesome thing, especially when, you know, you're in college and, you know, you're, you're busy with sports and, and you're academically, you don't get to travel that much. It kind of forces you to see some different things. Yeah, definitely. See, uh, you know, for me, I didn't get to enjoy the travel as much because I was cutting weight. <laughs> yeah. I was getting uh, there and I had to hit the treadmill right away. And it's um, funny you, you say, you know, enjoy the travel. It takes a lot out of you. Um, this oh, was yeah. my, my, my first year with the Division One men's basketball team. And at NJIT, we just changed conferences, but we played in the A-Sun, which is primarily in the southeast. So I felt like I was in Florida every other week, which – you know, has its perks in January, but you know, you you get on the plane, you're working, you get off the plane, and then it's like, oh, I need to go in the office and catch up on other things, and it it took a lot out of out of us. Um, 
And it's funny, as you get older, and people said this to me when I was first starting and really enjoyed the travel. They're like, you know, one day you're not going to love it as much. And I'm not going to say I don't love it. It is nice to, like I said, see different things and see other people at other schools and how they do things. But it does take a lot out of you. And with that said, I give our student athletes a ton of credit because, you know, they're on planes and buses and while also while going to school and at a great academic institution in NJIT, just, just like NYU was. So credit credit goes to them for uh, getting things done in the classroom and on the courts or the mat yeah so what was like the 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 difference between the sports just covering all these different sports what was the easiest sport what was the hardest sport to cover i don't think there's an easier or a harder um there are definitely sports i was more familiar with when i started and there were sports i knew nothing about that you know you have to learn um i think wrestling i was was fortunate i was kind of enjoy being around you and ask to be around you guys and work with you guys because I grew up with the sport. My, my cousin wrestled at the university of Wisconsin. Um, so, you know, I always looked up to him. He was about 10, 12 years older. So whether it was going to his high school matches or, um, when I was in middle school, we actually went to big tens and then NCAAs to watch him wrestle, which is one of the cooler events I've ever, ever been to. Um, you know, it, it made me really enjoy, um, working with you guys. And I, I think one of my, you know, favorite events across all sports is a, like a regional wrestling tournament where there's, you know, six or eight mats and, uh, you know, every match means something. And, yep. you know, you could, you could be wrestling on, on mat one and your teammates going on mat four and they're both huge matches and you're trying to stand in the middle and watch both. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, I yeah, can only imagine what it's like for, for the student athlete competing, <laughs> but for somebody in my shoes, it's, it's a roller coaster where, you know, like I said, you, you could be on mat one, you know, winning six nothing, but your your teammates struggling over on mat four, and you're, you're trying to support over here, and and you know get pictures or video over here. But uh, it's 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 fun to to be at those types of events. Yeah, especially when it's do or die. You know, it's there's no other sport like it because it's like other sports. Your your team wins the championships, or your t- team wins a game. For you, it's like either you win the match, or the team loses, or the team wins, you lose your match. You go on to the national fi- uh, national tournament, but your teammate doesn't. So, I mean, I guess it's hard to cover like that, and especially you're covering more, like, individuals and stuff, too. And, uh, you know, I guess what, it's much different from, like, how you would cover baseball, right? Sure. Um, and I think that's one of the greatest things about wrestling is it's got the individual aspect, but it is also a team sport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you guys are there for each other, and, and you need that because – you know, you, you can't practice by yourself in wrestling. I mean, you can only do so much. You, you need to be going at it with, with your teammates. And the better your teammates are, the better you're going to be. And the more prepared you're going to be for, for your next match. So it's important for, you know, wrestling programs to have a bunch of studs. You know, having one great guy isn't going to really help him, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. You need, you, need a, you need a practice partner. You need someone to go through the grind with you. Um, so going back to the digital media and marketing side, what was what was some of your as you got, you know, as you got more seasoned and everything, what was what was your primary position in just your day to day? So it's it's funny when I started this, I had no experience with Photoshop or video stuff or you know very little even social media stuff, but. It's, you learn, you, you play around, you, you learn. And, and that's what takes up a lot of my time right now. Um, way more video now than when I was at NYU, mm-hmm. um, which is, is great. I enjoy it. Um, you know, clipping up highlights, um, doing interviews like this, where uh, in the process, 
We've got the Highlander Summer Series with all of our men's basketball players right now. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're putting out an episode with uh, one of our broadcasters and then one of our athletes uh, kind of just going back and forth. And then, you know, I clip it up and put it all together and throw some highlights behind it and, and make it look good and, and get it out to the world so they could see, you know, a lot of a lot of them know what our, our student athletes look like on the court and what they're doing on the court. But but these videos are, are great because it showcases their, their talents away from the court or the field or the pool or, or you know what have you yeah highlighting them up as you know a person making them relatable and also showing off the program right if if njit is a future home to a student athlete right you want to know who your teammates are you want to know the culture so how important is it to show off the culture of the team sure uh, you know athletics is what it would it's called like a, a front porch image for any university. It's one of the first things a lot of people see before they know anything about the school or the university. Like, you know, similar to a front porch of a house, you want your front porch to look good. And someone says, wow, you know, nice house for first thing you see. So uh, yeah, a lot of people, especially around the country don't know about NJIT. They have no clue or, you know, a top hundred university now is some great things. we got a beautiful $110 million uh, gym and, and, and facility. And uh, it's part of my job is, is to get that out there. And, you know, so people across the country can see it and, and learn about NJIT and, um, you know, get the word out there that, that we are a great school. And, yeah, we're a state school and we have a lot of students from New Jersey. But it's also, you know, we're, we're trying to attract not just student athletes, but students, you know, nationally and internationally as well and, mm-hmm. and, and bring them in from around the world. Yeah, and you're a big part of that. That's 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 very important, you know, pushing that team out, pushing the market out, and uh, you know, it, it is it is a business, and you know, it, it is. And uh, did they teach you any like marketing tips? Like I know Facebook marketing is a, is a huge thing. You know, the paid advertisements. Is that something you guys do? No, we we try not to to spend money in that aspect. We obviously push stuff out on Facebook, and there's little tricks. Um, how to get things to certain audiences. I think that's a, a huge thing is, is knowing who your audience is or who you want your audience to be. Um, I think with social media right now, three big uh, social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you're looking at three totally different audiences. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is, is a lot more of a younger crowd. Facebook's a little bit of an older crowd. And Twitter's more of a, a news crowd, people looking for information. Yeah, so uh, you got yeah. you got to tailor um, the way you're pushing stuff out to the platform and and the audience as well. Um, but as far as you know, paid advertising goes, I it, it's it's probably not necessary. Um, people yeah. we're trying to reach with with our stuff, but uh, it definitely works for a lot of people, especially with, with Google and Facebook doing it now. Yeah, I feel like that that's more for like products and brands, not not so much sports teams, right? Because it's like the, you know, the teammates and everyone are sharing all that around, so that gets around. Um, so with uh, with with the NJIT and everything, uh, bringing it back to the the NYU days, <laughs> good old Bruce Haverly. How was it working with with Bruce Haverly? What was some tips you picked up from him? I loved working with Bruce and, and, and Bruce is a great example. When you say, what are tips I learned from Bruce? I don't know that I learned anything directly from Bruce, but you learn how to deal with different types of people. You know, we had uh, 23 sports teams at NYU and 15 head coaches. Those are 15 different people you're dealing with constantly. Right now I work primarily with four teams. So even so four head coaches and they all have different messages they're trying to get out or, you know, um, you know, some are older than others. They understand social media better. Like, they don't understand it. And, you know, you have to have an answer sometimes. Well, why do you want this? 
not just for the greater good of me, it's for your program or our department as a whole. But going back to Bruce, he's, he was fun. We got along from the get-go. We roomed together in Europe, which was an experience. <laughs> Although he was barely in the room. He was he was downstairs making sure you uh, you bozos didn't uh, leave the hotel late at night. He was <laughs> he was sleeping on the on the lobby couch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now Bruce is is a great guy, unique, but uh, he's built some program at NYU. Um, and you know, fortunate uh, that he, he brought in some great student athletes that I got to know and, and his assistant coaches that I really got to know well, especially on those trips um, that I still consider friends to these day, to this day. Yeah. So going now to current days, you know, just the, the way the world is right now, how is what is your guys plan and marketing plan now? Like there may not even be a season, you know, some schools might not even have school this year. How? How are you guys dealing with that and just preparing? Is I guess it's a day-to-day thing at this point, right? 100%. The, I think the best thing I could say is just be ready for, for something to change tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to stay on top of things, being ready that, you know, if, if we go September 1st, we'll be there. We'll be ready. But, it, you know, if, if they say, no, it's not going to happen, you know, we'll be ready September 15th or the 30th or, you know, come January 1st, whenever it is, um, you know, putting a lot of actions in place. I know one thing's for us, we're talking about from a media standpoint is, you know, you look at a normal uh, press row or at a basketball game, the, the table with everybody sitting there, there ain't nobody six feet apart. Yeah. So how do we how do we get if we have to social distance at these events, how, how do we get more space? Do we have to use both sides of the court? Do we have to extend the tables? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of little things that people probably don't think about that we're trying to stay on top of. And um, another great thing about my industry in, in, in athletics and specifically in athletic communications is um, it, it's a, a, a fraternity, for lack of a better term, where we all work together at different schools and we all pitch ideas off of each other. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong, when I was at NYU and we played Wash U in basketball, I wanted to beat the heck out of them every time. But Chris Mitchell, who's the head of athletic communications at Wash U, is, is one of my close friends and somebody I text all the time with with ideas and, and whatnot and and you know working with them so there's a lot of facebook groups or forums online how are you preparing for this how are you preparing for that and uh you read something you're like wow it's a great idea let, let me bring that to uh, njit or, or to new jersey as a whole or uh, the conference may start mandating things but it's there's a lot of intelligent in, in individuals in this field and uh you know if you could pick and and take you know something from each one or, or something from from a lot of them or a lot from a lot of them uh, y- you'll be pretty well off and again we're we all like helping each other which is a great thing too yeah that's awesome and uh you know especially different colleges they have you know a different amount of of people in that field right so like nyu you were probably doing it all you know you directly it was just you doing the pictures and the articles and everything other teams have the luxury where they have like six or seven people in one sport, right? Yeah, it definitely wasn't me at NYU. There, there were a couple of us, and, you know, it was a, a team. But the hard thing about NYU is we were all over the place, uh, you know, without having home fields or whatnot. We were spending a lot of time just traveling to get to events and whatnot. Um, being an NJIT has been amazing because I'm only the primary uh, – my primary responsibilities are only four sports, like I said. Um, so very rarely during the year do I have more than two going on at one time. Um, women's volleyball in the fall, men's basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring, and then uh, men's tennis, which kind of 
starts in the fall for a little bit and then goes back in the spring. But uh, it allows me to be better at my job because I get to know not only the coaches and the student athletes, but, you know, what they want and uh, and how to tell their stories. And um, I think that's another reason I enjoyed working with you guys is because I knew you guys well. If I ever needed something, whether it was from Bruce or one of you guys, I could pick up the phone, text, call. I didn't have that luxury with every team. If I needed something from another team, I might have had to explain who I was, why I wanted something, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I spent my winter with our men's basketball team, and I got to know those guys really, really well. I tried to get to practice every day, show my face, you know, talk to them off the court, see what they're up to. And uh, it, it definitely made me better at my job and made my job more enjoyable as well. Yeah, that's important. You know, if everyone gets along, even if it's just, the, you know, the media guys or producers and the people setting everything up, you know, you want to know who those are. You know, everyone works together, you know, to, to build the program and build the culture. So it, it's important that you said that, you know, you knew all of us. Everyone went up to, yo, Miles, what's up, my man? <laughs> everyone knew who you were. And it was, it was just a great thing, especially when everyone gets along. Um, so going back, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun here now. Oh. Um, what what was your your favorite thing about Germany, <laughs> or the whole favorite Euro thing trip, about the whole Euro trip that you took with the wrestling team? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's a loaded question. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what: being there while the um, soccer was it the European Championships, I believe, well, were going uh, on. I think, I think was it was it FIFA? I think it was no, was it, no. it wasn't the World Cup. It was the European Championships, the uh-huh. UEFA or whatever uh, European Cup. Um, being there for that was great, especially when we watched the the game at the club recreation center with the guys the that you German just competed team. against. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. And uh, you, you know, it it showed their affection for the sport, and it made us all more interested in it. And you know, it's 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 I don't want to say a different world over there because believe it or not, it's the same world. But it's it's wild how you know one planet could have so many different aspects to it. And you saw that firsthand with their love and affection for soccer, something that has grown here, but it's, you know, we, we do not like it nearly as much as, uh, as they did over there. And, um, you know, it was, it was awesome. I know a lot of you guys took advantage to try to get to know those kids a little bit, uh, after I know you, we took some, some German classes before we went. So you were able to, uh, converse with them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> only the important, only the important words like, uh, you know, uh, let me get a beer or something. Right. <laughs> or prose prose was, Prost thank was you. A... I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite was, uh, when, when our, I guess our, was it our tour guide and the guy who taught the German class, how they were just like, Button heads the whole time. I yeah, that. that was, and and that goes back to you know different philosophies and different world views. Um, I mean, you see it everywhere with, with politics, but you know the guy giving us a tour around Germany was telling us things that um, or swaying us to believe certain things that our German professor that was on the trip with us was just like that's not true and like they you could tell they didn't like each other and there was some <laughs> some animosity between them which did make things interesting i thought yeah. we might have got a wrestling match between those two guys I don't know. we should have done it they were there <laughs> they were there we should have made it happen i know we were pushing for it <laughs> but that was interesting it goes to show that even in other countries you know there are disagreements with stuff and uh yeah so what bringing it back to the digital marketing and the communications and stuff you do now what is some advice you could give someone going into that field now? I would say just be prepared and, and, and be ready and be able to adapt. Um, 
there's really no book out there on, on how to do this type of thing. There's there's no, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's not black and white. There's not really rules. It's changing every day. Um, be observant. See what others are doing and, and how you could tailor that to the to the program you're working with. And then, you know, communication is key. Don't don't be afraid to, to pick up the phone, call somebody, text somebody, uh, whatever it may have you. And just like anything else in life, relationships are, are so important. Um, you know, I mentioned it, how, you know, if I need help from another uh, professional, a different school, I'll pick up the phone and call them. And it's, it's also important to get to know and have good relationships with the people I work with at, at my school. So if I do need something from them and I could quickly text or call or um, just show up and, and ask for it, it's, it's not awkward. And I don't have to explain myself. So, you know, it's not just for this field. It's, it's any field, just relationships. Um, and, you know, I think you know, going back to how we're doing this right now, I, I met you what, five, six years ago. You were a freshman at NYU and, you know, I stayed close with you even a year I worked at Johns Hopkins and then I came back to NYU and, and, and knew you guys well and um, a lot of your teammates that I, I still talk to or communicate with and then obviously the coaches that I got to know really well that like I said earlier I, I still consider friends to this day and I don't see that changing yeah and uh, even even something with you know uh, statistics and everything even if you miss something you know you could always reach out to someone and and get those numbers and everything um Habs is gonna give me crap because he says uh, on the podcast I say and everything too much. So you can count you can count that three times, Coach. Uh oh, so so uh, Coach Haverly's watching this. <laughs> he's watching. He's been watching. Believe it or not. That's how, uh, that's how I was wondering how he's keeping busy during the quarantine. <laughs> but uh, I guess the the Breakfast Buffet podcast is uh, is giving him something to do each week. Yeah, he's watching it in his attic. He he says he goes in his attic because it's most quiet. Because I, I, he did the Ray Jazz tip of the day. And he was in this attic with all these rolled up wrestling mats. I'm like, what? Why do you got wrestling mats? He goes, you never know, Raymond. You never know when you're gonna need them. <laughs> you always gotta be ready. Uh, my one of my best friends in high school, we had to wear, you know, khaki pants, a shirt and tie. He always used to wear gym shorts under his khaki pants, and we'd say, why? And he'd say, you never know when a basketball game is gonna break out. You always gotta be ready. <laughs> ball up. <laughs> so Coach Alvarez's got the mats. He's ready to go. <laughs> you never know make sure he doesn't put he doesn't put on that singlet again i know you never know when you get caught on the bayonne bridge <laughs> <laughs> too bad it's always closed so your adversity moment miles what is some adversity you went through in your life that is a part of you now uh, that, that's an easy answer for me uh i lost my mother my freshman year of college um and it forced me to grow up and um i'll I'll rewind it back 18 months prior to that or 16 months prior to that, whatever it was, the summer going into my senior year of high school. So I was just about to turn 17, getting ready for an awesome senior year. Um, she got sick. She had stomach cancer. And, uh, you know, life just kind of took a, a 180 real quick. I was fortunate. I was, I'll be honest, I was spoiled growing up. I, you know, everything I wanted, uh, pretty much I had. My, my, my parents gave me a lot and I'm, you know, beyond thankful for that. And, um, my mom drove me everywhere growing up. And then my senior year of uh, high school, I spent a lot of time driving her. Uh, she was unable to drive at that point. I had just got my license. So I had her, her big car and I was whipping it around. And, you know, some days uh, going out for lunch, I'd go visit her at the hospital. Um, so, again, gr I grew up a little faster. Probably I shouldn't say faster than I should have because I probably should have been at that point. But I was immature and uh, it made me probably get to the point where I needed to be. 
Then uh, my freshman year of college, I went to the University of Tennessee my first semester, and that was really tough on me because she was she was sick, and you know I was smart enough and able to realize it was it was coming to an end. So over winter break, she she wound up passing away, um, and that led me to decide to stay home, be around my brother and my father, and go to TCNJ again, a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. My best friends I've lived with at TCNJ, uh, just a great school, a great place, but. It was definitely a lot of adversity, not just those 18 months she was sick and, and when she passed away, but the coming years after that, you know, I, not a day goes by I really think about, that I don't think about her, and it's been over 10, 11 years already. Uh, but, you know, I, you, you look around and, you know, everybody deals with adversity, and I was fortunate enough to have a great mother for 18 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not a day goes by where, where I don't think about her. And I think I'd like to think she'd be proud of uh, where I'm at now and uh, where, where I'm moving going forward. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Gable said it best to me. He said, uh, you know, uh, you know, his sister passed, my sister passed. And he said, you know, use them as like a catalyst to your goals. You know, they're, they're part of you now. And, and that that helped a lot, you know, with that. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, and some adversity. And, and that's it is. It's a part of you now. And that's why you're on to great things now and uh, take, taking the risks in that field and, and doing great things. And uh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you, my man. <laughs> See, it comes, it comes full circle. Yeah. Now you're proud of yeah. me. I was proud of you a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this about you, Ray, that, you know, now I've been doing this over five years, probably six, seven years. And uh, I don't know that I've come across a harder, harder working student athlete than you. Uh, somebody that somebody that want if everybody wanted it as bad as you um you know our teams would be doing way better the nyu teams would be doing way better and i remember you know your senior year you wanted nothing more than than to, to break the wins record you, you did it and then you wanted to be an all-american and uh you know your all-american match i don't think i had any doubts that you weren't coming off the match a loser uh, yeah. whatever it took you you were gonna put in and you, you, you did it and uh i was proud of you and i'm still proud of you so there Thanks. you go yeah, and it was funny. All my friends said, "Man, after that match, you probably did every celebration in the book." <laughs> but you know what? You hit your goal, and uh, good for you. Yeah, I mean, it, and it was a it was a proud moment, not only for myself, but like everyone that supported me through those years. You know, I did it for you. I did it for Coach uh, Corbelansky. I did it for everyone that couldn't do it. You know, and that that's why you know when when you when you're you're my friend and you're a part of me and part of my life and, and part of this, this journey, you know, you're literally with me. So that's why, you know, I take great pride in my friends and the people I talk to and, and, uh, and all that. I don't want to say in everything because Havley's going to count it. <laughs> He's keeping the tallies, but you know, that's why I'm so fortunate to have all, all these great people in this journey. And that's another reason why I have this podcast to share everyone else's story and journey because everyone's been through adversity. Everyone's been through different situations and everyone's looking for a career. And, uh, you know, when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I hope this podcast is helping people maybe taking a look at digital marketing and communications and sports media. And um, I, I, and I think if nothing else, it, it shows that, you know, when I was 18, I thought I wanted to work in business when I was 21. I still thought I wanted to work in business. Then all of a sudden, you know, I graduated college and I said, no, I wanted I want to work in, you know, the athletic communications or college athletics uh, industry and you know it's, it's fine to to change and and like you mentioned earlier take risks um you know this this time last year I, I definitely took a risk i was i was comfortable at nyu 
it was a it was a great place, great people. But I said, you know, I want to try something new and, 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 you know, see something else and work with other people and learn more. And I went to NJIT and, you know, I'm thankful for that. So, you know, you, just because you, you decide to major in something as an 18 year old doesn't mean you have to stick with it for the rest of your life. Yep. So we'll end it with this. Who is Miles Rudnick and what do you want to be known for? Who is Miles Rudnick? What do I want to be known for? See the who, the who could always change. The what, you know, holds you accountable. I'm a, I'm a friend to many. How about that? There you go. Uh, a friend to a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I like to say I, I know how to flip the switch. Uh, sometimes, you know, we got to put a friendship aside and, and be serious and uh, and get to work and uh, get to business. But uh, I, I think it, it's who I am. Is you know, I don't like confrontation. Um, I like to, you know, find the good in people and, uh, you know, find the similarities we have. And, you know, whether you're a, I guess you were an 18-year-old from, from South Plainfield and I was a 24-year-old from, from further north Jersey. And you know what? We Look at us now. I, I'd like to say we're friends. And, yeah, we have a lot of similarities. We like to party at the Jersey Shore when uh, when there's no <laughs> pandemics going on. But, uh, um, you know, you, you find what you have in common with people and, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of that and, and, and build relationships. Yep. And don't get stuck on the Bayonne Bridge. You never get stuck on the Bayonne Bridge because <laughs> DJ's closes at two and you, you want to get there before it closes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so where can people find you, Miles? I, uh, I'm a pretty easy person to find. I'm all over social media, being that it's it's my job and everything's my name. So, you know, there's there's really no tricks to finding me. Miles Rudnick on, on Twitter and Instagram, no spaces, just just one one straight shot. There it is. Uh, and yeah, if anybody uh, you know has a, a goal to work in college athletics or just wants to chat about anything, I'd, I'd be happy to talk to them and uh, uh, you know help them uh, reach those goals. Just yep. like a lot of people helped me, you know, I would not yep. be here now without a lot of different people. So uh, it's important to now pay it back. Yep. Yep, turns full circle. So, I appreciate your time, Miles. Uh, you know, it was great, great catching up and a great conversation. Hopefully, a lot of people can, uh, you know, get a lot from this, especially if you're going in, in in that route. So, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Awesome, thanks, buddy. Stay out of trouble down there, and I, uh, I look forward <laughs> to uh, watching your career move forward too. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you. Thanks.